What's going on, everybody? This is Patriot Underground. I just finished up a great interview with Benjamin Fulford. I think you guys are really going to love it. Now, before we get to the show, I just want to say a quick word on behalf of the sponsors of my show, the businesses that I've partnered with to provide my audience with the best possible opportunities to not only reallocate their financial resources, but also to protect them as we transition into the new system. Now, really quickly, folks, patriotundergroundgold.com, the best site out there that you're going to find to roll over your 401k and your IRA to gold and precious metal backed assets. Now is the time to do it, folks. The news is ultimately more persuasive than I could be as far as this goes. We're seeing bank after bank collapse. This is only going to accelerate as we move toward the conclusion of this epic struggle to liberate all of us from this economic debt prison. But the prudent thing to do, given all the uncertainty surrounding the QFS and Asara and Jasara, is to put yourself in a position to protect your financial resources that you've worked your entire life to earn and to save. Do the right thing, folks. Roll over your assets, protect them, and also put yourself into a position to capitalize on the transition as well. I also wanted to mention really quickly, patriotswitch.com slash patriotunderground, the best company out there for all of your household and personal products manufactured right here in America by a company that loves this country, that loves humanity, and, and that is standing shoulder to shoulder with us in this war against the cabal to liberate us from the most horrific evil that this world has ever seen. All of the big box stores are exposing their allegiance to the enemy. We've seen Target and Kohl's, and obviously for a long time we've been talking about Walmart. These are the same stores that we want to defund. We want to reallocate our financial resources, folks. This is a movement, and there are more than 2 million people out there who have already made the switch. I highly encourage everybody out there to give it a shot. Click the link in the description. You will not be disappointed. Also, folks, please check out my merch store, patriotunderground.shop. I have a lot of great items on there, high quality, very affordably priced. Get yourself a t-shirt for the summer. Ladies, get yourself a tank top. There are a lot of great items on there. You can pick up a sticker, a water bottle, a beer mug, a hoodie, so many different items to choose from. Thank you and God bless to everybody out there who's made a purchase. And finally, folks, if you do like this episode, please go to buymeacoffee.com to support my work. You can make a one-off donation and buy me a coffee. You can also become a member for $5 a month and get access to Patriot Underground Chats. The next one is going to be on June 24th at 7 p.m. The link is posted and I'm very excited about that. So hopefully everybody out there enjoys the show tonight. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to listen, and I'll be back soon with another report. Until then, God bless and Godspeed. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is June 6, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, I really do appreciate everyone out there taking the time to listen. So tonight I have the pleasure of welcoming back Benjamin Fulford to the show. His website is benjaminfulford.net, and I highly encourage everybody out there in the audience to go check out the link in the description. And was it your newsletter, Ben, that you uh, sign up for on the website? I just want to clarify that. Yeah, the, news, the newsletter and then a very uh, high-level chat group. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so virtually everybody out there in the audience I know has heard of Ben, and they're very well acquainted with all of your intel. So I really do appreciate you coming back on the show. You have an amazing history of providing behind the scenes information that you're not going to hear anyone else talk about. And he has an amazing track record as well. So once again, thank you for joining us. I really do appreciate it. 
Well, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I thought maybe a good place to start tonight to sort of mm. set the stage would be to look at the world in a macro sense. And given your geopolitical expertise and your contacts, I'm sure that there are a lot of points of interest. And I'm curious what they are. In your estimation, where do you think we are right now in this overall war? Can you provide us with sort of a 40,000 foot view of the landscape? And then we can use that sort of as a springboard and then drill into some of the finer points throughout the remainder of our discussion. Sure. Well, look, if you look at things from a, a world perspective, what you can see is that the the BRICS alliance, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, basically now controls almost the entire world. Uh, they had a, a big G7 meeting in Japan recently, and uh, they're down to, the G7 is down to like 11% of the world. When they started in 1976, they were 70% of world GDP, and they basically ran the world. Now they're 27% of GDP and 11% of the population, and they're being abandoned by uh, almost all the countries in the world. So Absolutely. it really is um, sort of the end game for the, the group that has been ruling the world for the past three or 400 years. That's the big picture. And they're kind of circling the... Um, the wagons around the United States Corporation, Washington, D.C. Uh, they're, they're fighting tooth and nail to keep in business, um, money laundering through the Ukraine and stuff. But basically, it, it's game over if you look at it from a, a world perspective. Unfortunately, inside the United States, it's sort of like being in Berlin, you know, just before the fall of the, the Nazis. Mm, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's become very clear that the cartels are a big part of this complex web of evil that the White Hats are in the process of unraveling. And you recall in our last discussion, we talked a little bit about uh, Russia aligning with Mexico basically to that end. And we also know that the cartels pulled their money out of Silicon Valley Bank, which caused the first of what will be a deluge of bank failures as this process unfolds. Now, in your recent report, you discussed some very interesting intel coming out of Mexico regarding bomb threats and subsequent evacuations. I believe it was from Google and the UN offices. There may have been some other uh, targets as well, but that this was an effort to bring down the Rockefeller controlled cartels and the deep state elements of the Mexican military. So I was wondering if you could discuss that in some more detail and comment perhaps on how this might coincide with the border crisis and certainly what could very likely be the precipice of a civil war in the U.S. over this issue. What are your thoughts on well, that? Well, okay. What happened was um, the United States uh, killed the president of Mexico, uh, Lula, uh, with an electromagnetic weapon. And then they they tried to replace him with a lookalike they had prepared who they had, um, he had a little microphone in his ear and they were using a chat GPT type AI to kind of give him words that made him sound like the real president but this did not fool the mexicans uh they they're the ones who told me about this and they were you know murdering their president as an act of war and the the president amlo or i guess he's called i said lula but that was that was a mistake that's brazil amlo uh amlo right yeah lopez yeah obrador sorry. is that his... obrador. yeah yeah anyway he he uh was working with the BRICS against the uh, Washington, D.C. establishment. He was uh, 
working with the Russians. Uh, he just met Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov at a secret meeting, and that's why the Americans decided to take him out. But the problem is, um, and they said the reason was because uh, of all the Chinese fentanyl, you know, being brought in from Mexico by the cartels. But now the mm -hmm. Chinese embassy in Mexico and uh, the, the cartels themselves say, no, the fentanyl is coming from the EU, i.e. from the Ukraine. So in other words, we have this drug dealing government in the USA. And, and you know, the cartels, of course, they call the CIA the cocaine importing agency. Yeah. Right. Um, they, they uh, the cartels have you know broken with uh, their former partners in the U.S. and that's what's really going on. So, um, this is a war. It has already started. I, and if you notice, there's been um, trains derailing all over North America uh, for the past few months. That's that's sabotage. That's military sabotage. That's just not random. Um, and then yeah. you have all these military age men coming in, uh, you know, so, so you, you, you look at these immigrate camps or, or the, and, and there are like 800 military age men. It's not like women and children, uh, and stuff like that, that would we associate with real refugees. So right. the U S is under attack. <clears throat> there can be no doubt about it. Um, and I think the best response for the, uh, U S military is to, coordinate with the Mexican military white hats. And I know it's weird to say, but even the cartel white hats, because you understand they're not a, mon a monolith. For example, uh, I was contacted by the cartels and they said that they're going to, they had made a decision to stop uh, dealing in adrenochrome. Uh, you know, adrenochrome really? is a, uh, a, a kind of hyper uh, adrenaline that you can extract by torturing children. And uh, it's been sold to American elites or I wouldn't, you know, like uh, the satanic uh, rulers there. And they've stopped doing that. And that's uh, one of the reasons the cutoff of this adrenochrome is one of the reasons why they've been trying to, you know, change the regime in Mexico so they can get the supply back up. And remember, the U U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, has now been proven to have been uh, spending $18,000 per child to bring in unaccompanied minors from Mexico, and 85,000 of them have disappeared. Okay, so you have a U.S. government that's bringing in children to torture to death in order to harvest adrenochrome. That is something that cannot be allowed to continue. This requires serious military action, and if you want to know what your target is, just aim high, go for the you know, the people around the fake Biden, go for anybody like Governor Newsom, anybody like that. Those are your targets. Absolutely. So with the servers specifically, uh, what were they going after there? Were those con were those servers actually? Uh, do you know what was on them? And do you have any detail about what the, what they well, seized? All I know is that uh, Google was leading the censorship of anything related to the pandemic and the vaccines. And the fact that their offices are located next to the UN speaks volumes because the yeah. United Nations itself is privately owned. It's not an international organization like you think it is. And they were the ones, you know, with their WHO, uh, which is financed by the Rockefellers and Bill Gates and all those people who were pushing this fake pandemic. 
So I don't have the details of what they found, but if you if you look at what the UN and uh, Google have been doing, they've been trying to kill us all with vaccines, uh, and they'll be working together to do that. So it's clear that's what they're looking for, information about this uh, pandemic attack and this vaccine attack on humanity. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Oh, well, the other thing I wanted to ask you to comment on, I'm sure you've heard about the, I think it's 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate that supposedly disappeared somewhere, I believe it was in the Mojave Desert. They just uh, went to the train and discovered that it was empty. Now, this is the same chemical that was used for the bombing in Oklahoma City. And many are predicting this could be the setup for a major false flag, particularly on our power grid. And of course, we also know that sat phones were provided to senators very recently uh, in the event of an attack on the grid, basically to ensure continuity of government. We've also seen a very steady buildup of this narrative prep for quite some time by the mainstream media. So do you have any information from your contacts about what's going on or any analysis you can provide about what you think the enemy is preparing to do? And well, you've got to remember, we're heading towards uh, June 21st, which is a summer solstice, and it's a time where the uh, Satanists like to have a major fire sacrifice to their god, Molech, or Satan. <clears throat> so they are clearly planning something. Uh, I don't know what, but it's a good guess. If you look at what just happened in Russia, the... the, the uh, the Ukrainians blew up a major Russian dam um, and caused huge flooding. It, it, and this is because of the defeat of their uh, so-called offensive. They lost 3,000 men and 52 tanks in three days and then a bunch of other stuff. And so they, they blew up a right. dam. It, it, I would, uh, if I were um, in the U.S. Uh, homeland security and actual patriot trying to defend uh, America, I would... Keep an eye on dams, especially the Hoover Dam. Uh, make sure they can't do anything to, to those. Um, but the other thing is that you see they've been promoting um, anti-radiation medicine. Uh, so, oh, yeah. And we've uh -huh. got this new medicine for anti-radiation. So in order to sell that medicine, they've got to create some sort of radiation incident. So, again, nuclear power plants, anything where, where they can spread uh, a dirty bomb is another thing you have to watch out for. But the real uh, need is to go after their leadership. And I'm saying this as someone who's got Jewish blood on both sides, but the, the easiest thing to do is to go after the people who go to synagogues. Only 10% of Jews go to synagogues. I'm not saying all of them, the ones who do, are Satanists, but you'll find a high concentration there. And, and that's where you need to at least uh, make sure you're, you're listening to what they're talking about there and that should provide intelligence. Absolutely. Well, you know, I was listening to some of your recent commentary on the war in Ukraine, and I believe you were discussing Zelensky covertly working uh, with the Wagner Group. So can yeah. you elaborate on that a little bit, explain what the dynamic is there? Because I'm kind of confused, if that's the case, how Russia then fits into the puzzle if Zelensky is covertly aligned with the Wagner Group to pull off a genocide in that country. I mean, obviously... Like you said, I mean, we've seen most of the population in Ukraine conscripted and then subsequently wiped out within a matter of hours. So certainly, I mean, they're calling it the meat grinder. So I'm curious to hear some more detail on that angle. Well, um, you know, I talked to actual Russian intelligence, the real ones, and 
the way they look at it, this whole thing started when they sent in 20,000 mercenaries and tried to uh, start a color revolution in Kazakhstan next door to the Ukraine. And uh, what the Russians say is that the, the satanic cult known as Chabad, okay, and they, they're, they're not Jewish because they say they want to kill 90% of humanity and then enslave the rest and, and that every Jew will have 2,800 slaves when this is over. Okay? Sounds they're a lot not, like the Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, they're, they're, it's Chabad. Okay, look up their leadership uh, and round them up. That's my advice. But anyway, uh, they wanted to depopulate the uh, region just like they depopulated parts of Palestine in order to create a homeland and recreate greater Kazaria. So they want to... Uh, remove Russians and Ukrainian Christians and create a Khazarian homeland. That was the big plan. The Russians moved in, they stopped the color revolution in Kazakhstan, and then they moved in in the Ukraine because they were actively, um, you know, murdering Russian citizens and, and you know, uh, attacking Russians. So getting back to Zelensky, his name is Vladimir Zelensky. They don't, you know, Vladimir or whatever. They try to re change his spelling to make it look like he's not Russian. He's a Russian. Um, mm -hmm. And <clears throat> the Washington Post had an interview with him where they confronted him with documents about how he was his, uh, sharing intelligence with the Wagner Group. And he freaked out and said, who, who, where, who, where'd you get that information? You can't put that out. You know, it was, it was like the, the panic was so... Uh, visible in his words that you could see that they hit a nerve. And then the Washington Post deleted that interview, but the Russians uh, picked it up and, and published it again. And so I called my Russian sources and they told me that uh, the head of Wagner and Zelensky both work for Chabad. Okay. You got to remember, Wagner is not the Russian military. It's, it's a private army consisting of prisoners, you know, uh, criminals taken from prisons. And if you just think in military terms, okay, if you're sending troops against a military, a numerically superior enemy, and your troops are dying eight times more than theirs are, okay, an eight to one death ratio, that's not military, that's murder. And the fact that they were dying within four hours of, of being sent to uh, Bakhmut, Okay, it's a sign that they were being they deliberately sent to be killed by artillery. In other words, the the Zelensky people were providing, um, you know, precise artillery coordinates to the Wagner Group, and the Russian Christian government actually tried to cut off uh, the ammunition to the Wagner Group because they couldn't stand this slaughter, uh, and that was what was really going on. Now they're they're trying to cover up, and 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 the fact is that. This is the official Ukrainian government prosecutor's office has filed uh, war crimes charges against Zelensky. That's the Ukrainian government, okay? The actual Ukrainian government. Wow. These are Nazi patriots. They don't like Russians, but at the same time, they're pissed off that their so-called leader was sending their men to be slaughtered and, and then selling off their women as slaves. So he cannot go back to the Ukraine. Uh, this is something that, you know the actual Ukrainians have done. So you can see that both uh, Zelensky and Wagner work for the Khazarian uh, mafia. They don't work for Russia and they don't work for the Ukraine. And this is what they're figuring out now. So the Russians are just kind of getting up to speed on this. Um, yeah, well, the Russians have, you know, re reached a deal a long time ago with 
Western, I don't want to call it white hats, but you know, the the Western uh, powers that they would go up to the Dnieper River and that would be the new border between uh, Russia and Western Europe's you know zones of influence, and that's why they haven't uh, uh, you know moved beyond that river because they're they're following the agreement. We will go up to the river, which is this was the border that was uh, decided by Frederick the Great and the Russian Tsar you know hundreds of years ago, and they agreed that this is where where their zones of influence would end, and people on. The Western European side of the river aren't Russian ethnically, but the ones on the Russian side are Russian ethnically. So it makes sense to have a dividing line there. And what's happening is that there is a third group that does not want Western Europe and uh, Russia to make peace and then negotiate a new uh, security agreement, which would include Russia. In other words, if the Europeans really wanted to defend Europe, then they need to work with Russia because otherwise uh, they're going to end up being taken over by the Chinese. That's the real story, you know? Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense because I did see, and I'm sure you probably did as well, that recent video by the head of the Wagner Group. Is it Prigozhin? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Mm. yeah, and he was uh, just berating the Russian government for cutting off their ammunition supply. And I was thinking to myself, how does this make sense? But your analysis really does make the pieces come together. So thank you for that. So, you know, another thing I wanted to ask you about, just going to go from topic to topic here so we can get as much in as possible. You know, a big objective in this overall conflict really is to grind down NATO. And we've seen this has been happening for quite some time. We have the mainstream media, of course, constantly propagandizing the public that Russia is losing the war, but the reality on the ground is getting harder to hide from the public because so many voices are coming forward with real battlefield intel. Not only that, we also have intel reports suggesting that there have been a series of backroom deals with Russia and China and some of the NATO countries, including, I've heard, France and Germany, to basically create <clears throat> excuse me, um, a new economic and security framework in Europe sort of like you, what you were just discussing. Now, there's been quite a bit of discussion about military coups in certain countries behind the scenes. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on where we are right now and the overall destruction of one of the cabal's major military arms, which is NATO. Now, obviously, we know that historically, it's always been Washington, D.C., and our military here in the United States that's been the enforcer of U.S. policy around the world and specifically backing the U.S. petrodollar with the threat of military force. That's why we have constant war to prop up the, the currency in essence. But it, in this context, NATO is really functioning, in my view, as a proxy for the deep state controlled elements of our still divided military. So based, the, so based on your research and your context, how much longer do you think that NATO is going to be able to continue fighting this losing battle? And what can you tell us about the backroom deals that are going on between, let's just maybe focus on France and Germany, or if there's another country that's a better example. But if you could talk a little bit about NATO dissolution, I'd be curious to hear that. Okay, well, first of all, you know, the both the German and French military are on the record as saying, this was this appeared and then it was kind of wiped off the internet, but I remember it clearly. They would not be able to fight last more than several weeks if the Russians decided to actually invade Western Europe. And the American military is not willing to fight Russia uh, in order to save some sort of, you know, uh, fascist governments in Europe. So 
the Europeans know that the Americans won't fight Russia to protect them because the Americans don't see Russia as the real enemy. They are, they keep trying to uh, convince Russia to work with them uh, as a united Western front against, uh, or, you know, to balance with the Asians. I don't say against with the Asians, but to make sure it's a more unequal uh, part, partnership that will have to be worked out in the future. Uh, and to have equal partnership, you need to have equal strengths, and that means that the United States and Russia have to unite. So that's what they're pushing for. That's why they're not going to fight, and they know that. So what's really been happening in the Ukraine is that the uh, families that control the, the privately owned central banks, they still have this money printing machine, and unfortunately, they were they were able to keep that going for another couple of years. Um, because obviously they have people working with them in China. But in any case, uh, what what you're seeing is privately hired mercenaries and secondhand weapons being sold in the Ukraine. The French report that three quarters of the weapons being sent to the Ukraine are going to the international black market, mostly to Africa. And now we've seen the Mexican drug cartels with Javelin anti-tank missiles, you know. Uh, so... What's happening is it's a private group of oligarchs who own the central banks who've been buying all the secondhand weapons they can and selling them to keep themselves going. And at the same time, they are desperate to still start World War III. So they're still pushing very hard with everything they can because in their sick worldview, okay, they they believe that this is it's like a God's will that there's going to be a, a fight between two giant countries, Gog and Magog. Uh, and Israeli newspapers have described the Shanghai Cooperation Organization as Gog and then G7 as Magog. But they're trying to get them to fight and kill 90% of humanity so they can enslave the rest. That's the, the, the fanatic uh, worldview these people have. That's what they're desperately trying to accomplish. And and. Uh, I'm hearing from MI6 and other sources that they're going to do everything they can to stage as many provocations as possible to start World War III. And I'm also hearing that the at the highest levels, the U.S., Chinese, and Russian militaries have already agreed no matter what provocations there are, they're not going to start all-out nuclear war. That's the big picture as I could see it. Absolutely. That's the biggest element right there. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you about in your commentary over the last several weeks, you've mentioned the significance of the unification of the Muslim world and the implications of this historical shift in various different levels of geopolitics. And certainly this has a direct impact on Israel, which of course we've kind of mentioned tonight. And we also know that Israel is undergoing quite a bit of its own political turmoil. And we also know that the Zionist regime there has to go. And many of us believe that Iran will play a central role in liberating that country. At least that's what it appears to be on the surface, but I want to hear you comment on that. Now, optically here in the U.S., of course, we're still being fed the same narrative that Israel is the victim and we can never allow Iran to get nuclear weapons, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to hear you talk about the real truth beneath the surface here. What has to happen in Israel and what are the other implications of the unifications of the Muslim nations that have found common ground? The first thing... Uh... I want to mention is that like 15 years ago when the Asian secret societies and intelligence agencies approached me, uh, they showed me this um, power chart of the West. And according to them, Israel and Iran are ruled by the same people. Okay. 
So they were trying to use Israel and Iran uh, as a, a way to fool the rest of the world into starting their planned World War III. That's why for 30 years they were saying, uh, you know, Iran's going to get a nuclear weapon within a few weeks. Uh, so we got to attack Iran. And we have the um, proven that the Rothschild controlled um, corporation in Switzerland there was paying bribes to both Iranian and Israeli government officials. Now, what has happened is that um, something has changed there. And the the biggest development I saw was that Saudi Arabia and Iran now actually have a military alliance. This is huge because these people have been basically at loggerheads since the, the Shia-Sunni split, you know, more than Absolutely, yeah. So uh, the fact that they have agreed to work together militarily, uh, and so have all the other um, Middle Eastern countries and Pakistan and India to start their own navy, to, to take care of their own security. Uh, it, it means that this whole project to rule the world from greater Israel and then from greater uh, Khazaria is in extreme danger. Now, what's happening in Israel is that the, the, the Jewish people, and these are not the same as these Satan worshippers, have finally figured out that a Holocaust is a fire sacrifice to Baal, Molech, or as the Egyptians call it, Set or Set-An. Uh, so in other words, the Jewish people woken up to the fact that uh, they were, and they have been, slaves of Satan-worshipping gangsters for thousands of years. And so they're, they're waking up. And the other thing you need to know is that the Jews in Iran have always been treated with great respect and, and allowed to live their lives in peace. And this is what will happen to the Jews of Israel when this is all over. There's not going to be any, uh, the people who are who are fighting against the Zionists, they don't sacrifice to Baal. They're not going to kill uh, Jews. They, they're going to protect them uh, and they're going to help liberate them. So, you know, what will happen is at the end of the day, there will be a, a peaceful, autonomous Jewish uh, enclave in Israel. And I'm hearing they, they're even going to let them rebuild their temple. But th this is not uh, going to be a satanic temple, as was the plan. Uh, you know, so that that's, in a way, this is really biblical. I mean, it, it, we're, we're talking about mm -hmm. something that started thousands of years ago coming to an end. So it really is amazing to, to watch. But Really, I, I call it the liberation of the Jewish people from thousands of years of slavery. Absolutely. Well, the last time that we spoke, I want to discuss the Pacific Rim a little bit here. Last time we spoke, we discussed a little bit about the realignment in Southeast Asia that has to take place. And the three major areas that you identified were Japan's Prime Minister Kishida has to go, the reunification of Taiwan with the mainland of China, as well as the reunification of the Korean Peninsula. And you also stated that, I remember I asked you whether you thought there'd be any kinetic action between China and Taiwan, and you said you did not believe there would be. Now, I'm curious if you can give us a sense for what deep state targets exist in Taiwan and how they're going to be dealt with, because I've seen reports indicating that basically the entire island has a dumb underneath it, a deep underground military base. And I've also heard that there are many U.S.-funded biolabs there as well, just like in Ukraine. So give us your thoughts on that, as well as perhaps if you want to discuss also how you see the change in leadership in Japan unfolding, as well as the Korean Peninsula. Okay, well, you know, I, 
I talked to the Taiwanese and um, when I went to Taiwan and they told me their their real plan was if China decided to invade was to take all the imperial treasure they have buried under the museum and, and uh, they have these tunnels out the back and they would just take it elsewhere, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> the Chinese understand that I mean, the Taiwan is surrounded by cliffs. It would be militarily very difficult to to, to take over, and they don't see that as being a very um, good choice because right now Taiwan has a population of twenty million people, and a million of them live in China, and there's a million Chinese living in Taiwan. So they understand that a peaceful reunification is the, the way forward, and they also know, yeah, there there are definitely deep underground bases and all sorts of stuff. Uh, that has been built there. And I've heard there's tunnels connecting Taiwan to Japan, uh, you know. Uh, but again, I'd like to see this. But the point being that um, the real issue with Taiwan is Japan because uh, Japan and Taiwan... Okay, let's, let's give you some background. Uh, at the end of World War II, the uh, nationalist Chinese were one of the uh, victors of the war, and they were given control over Japan, and that control is run out of Taiwan. So any deal with Taiwan means a deal between China and Japan, and then uh, North and South Korea. So it's a it's a it's not just a Taiwan China uh, problem, but it has to do with uh, the whole region, and that's something that will be worked out, but the the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and those people have been buying time by promising that they're going to hand over Japan to the communist Chinese. And that's something that the Japanese are not going to let happen. So that's the issue that really has to be worked out. But um, as more background, you need to understand that as far as the Chinese are concerned, North Korea is an American colony. However, when I talk to the actual North Koreans, uh, they say no, they're they're neutral, but but all their nuclear missiles and their uh, were supplied by the Americans, uh, or more specifically by the Kazarian Mafia in Switzerland. So you need to understand that the other thing you need to know is that North Korea was established by the Japanese military, you know, towards the end of World War II. So it's it's like the the part of the Japanese military regime of World War II that never surrendered. But in any case, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is uh, North and South Korea will be unified and Taiwan will unify with China and Japan will remain an independent country. Uh, that's what I hear. That's the, the end game. But uh, it's still uh, a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out. The main thing is to remove the uh, slave regime in Japan. And I've talked to some military uh, and right-wingers over the weekend, and, you know, they are fact-checking that the vaccines were not safety-tested and that the PCR tests were fraudulent. And, you know, this takes time because these are fact-based, reality-based people, but then the prosecutions will start and the regime will be removed here. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit, shift gears here and talk a little bit about the economic situation and how this controlled demolition is playing out. Now, it seems to me, and you mentioned the BRICS nations, it seems to me that the BRICS nations are really in control of the financial chessboard by every measure. And once the gold-backed currency fully rolls out, 
You also mentioned the uh, SCO, Shanghai Cooperative Organization for Currency Swaps. That really will determine the new means of trade settlement and the prospects also of a Project Sandman mass treasury bond sell-off that we've heard a lot about could very likely be a possibility. It's also possible that that's just being leveraged tactically as a threat. Now, I know that in some of your recent commentary, you had discussed the necessity of the United States going through a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And obviously, we've seen a cascading of bank failures that I think is only just the beginning. So give us your thoughts on the overall economic situation as the world transitions away from the fiat system. All right. What you need to understand is that most of the world uh, has already left the fiat system a long time ago. Um, when Barack Obama was president, the Americans went to the Asians and with a bunch of uh, rainbow-colored emerald bills and said they were going to offer two emeralds for every dollar. So in other words, they wanted a 50% devaluation of, all, of the U.S. dollar in order to get out of their debt uh, crisis. Okay, and what the rest of the world said was, no, wait a minute, we we earn these dollars by selling you cars and TVs and commodities, and we're not going to let them just lose half their value. Sorry. And so what they did was they started to quarantine the dollars that they had earned over the years um, from newly created dollars in the United States. And this has led to a secret financial war ever since. So the people in the United States who control the Fortune 500 companies were printing dollars and and feeding it to the corporations, uh, you know, people like Tesla and stuff. But at the same time, they couldn't use these dollars to buy oil or uh, things from China. So every year there was some kind of secret negotiations to try to get, you know, more uh, international dollars as opposed to U.S. dollars. And this has been going on ever since. But basically, um, because the people who own the United States of America Corporation, America Corporation are so much in debt to the rest of the world, especially the Asians, they keep you know, offering concessions uh, to keep their sort of system going. That's why they, they have betrayed the American people. They say, we'll sell you all the US farmland We'll give you Japan and Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we'll have the U.S. military take orders from China. Whatever they need to say in order to keep their whole show going. And that's what we're watching. So, you know, overall, if you look at the real world where actual physical commodities and, and physical goods are traded, that's already controlled uh, more than 70% by the Asians and the the group of families who control the Fortune 500 companies now are, are down to 27%. So that's the, the big picture. So uh, what needs to happen really is for the United States to declare bankruptcy and then nationalize the banks and the Fortune 500 companies, which were taken from the American people via fraud. And then, you know, uh, without, they need to have... Uh, they need to do this so that they don't punish actual entrepreneurs who earn the money by creating value. So people like Apple will be left alone, but all the rest will have to be nationalized and reorganized. So they, they need to do that. And they're not willing to, at this point, they're, they're fighting tooth and nail to prevent that from happening. So uh, a Swiss study showed that 90% of transnational corporations are controlled by 700 people. 
And those 700 people report to the ones I always talk about, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and stuff. They're the ones who need to be dealt with in order for the United States to be liberated. And that's the battle that's going on. And from what I understand is the Rothschild branch, the European branch, uh, is willing to go through something like that. And it's the American branch, the Rockefellers and those people who are fighting tooth and nail uh, to prevent this from happening. And the Biden regime is a Rockefeller regime. Every member of their cabinet is a member of the uh, Council on Foreign Relations, which is controlled by the Rockefeller family. So you need to identify the actual source of the problem, and that is the Rockefeller Foundations, the Rockefeller family, and all their servants. Absolutely. Well, I also wanted to ask you about your views on the cryptocurrency world, because it seems that there are many major exchanges that are very much in the crosshairs right now. We just saw Binance targeted by the SEC. And of course, everybody remembers the collapse of FTX a couple of months ago. Now, there are a lot of folks out there in the community who have different views on what the new system is going to look like and how the quantum financial system specifically is going to operate as far as digitized assets. Although everyone seems to agree that we're going to precious metal-backed currency. So in your estimation, what do you think the new economic system is going to look like in the Western world once this fiat system fully implodes? And how far off do you think we are from that? First of all, what I'm hearing from my sources in places like the NSA and uh, Mossad and stuff is that the, the cryptocurrencies all have a backdoor. You got to remember that all the microchips uh, out there have a backdoor that the agencies can access. So for you to think that cryptocurrencies are independent and, and safe is just delusional. I At agree. the same time, I, I use this to buy stuff. I just go beep, and it's very convenient. And, and something like that is going to go on, but it's not going to be something um, that uh, will control our lives. It's not going to be something like what they're planning, which is that you have to be vaccinated and have a digital ID or you won't be able to access any money. That's the plan that the... Rockefeller Group are still trying to push, and that's the one we're trying to stop. But at the end of the day, um, the financial system is a process of deciding what we as a species do in the future. And that has to belong to the people. So uh, in the future, the end goal is to have a financial system that actually is of the people, by the people, and for the people. So we all get together and say, where do we want to be five years from now? How do we get there? and then have the experts for work out the best way to make that happen. So what's happening now is we have this tiny group that says, how can we take more from everybody? And and the result is, as you know, uh, most of the world's wealth is concentrated in the hands of the 0.01% and not in the hands of the people where it should belong. So that, that you know, in the future, the financial system will be a, a democratic an meritocratic process wherein the people decide what kind of future they want to build and the experts figure out the most realistic way to make that happen. Absolutely. All right, well, let's switch gears again. I want to talk a little bit about false flags. We mentioned the possibility of, we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier with the ammonium nitrate, but specifically I wanted to get your thoughts on the false flag alien invasion. That's very well known as a latch, uh, excuse me, a last ditch effort to derail the disclosure process and escape justice. Now, this Project Bluebeam false flag has long been identified as the enemy's final card. And some are saying that it was always intended to accompany the NATO war effort in Ukraine against Russia. 
And of course, the MSM is doing their usual predictive programming ahead of whatever they have planned. So what are your thoughts on the likelihood that we're going to see the deep state play this card? How might they simulate this violent non-terrestrial invasion? Do you think this is actually going to come to pass? And if so, what do the White Hats do to counter that strategy? Well, you know, they they tried to do that uh, recently with this, you know, Chinese balloon. And then they have all these reports about UFOs landing in the U.S. and stuff. Exactly. Right. And it didn't fool anybody. Unfortunately, you know, when they broadcast the War of the Worlds in 1938 and, and the radio, uh, you know, the Orson Welles novels about a Martian invasion, everyone believed it. But at this point, uh, people aren't being fooled. So and basically nobody uh, believes it. Yeah. Yeah. So the fake in alien invasion card, I don't think it's going to be played anymore. But the real question, and this is the one that I still want to be have answered is, did the Nazis invent anti-gravity at the end of World War II? Are you know, and I am I'm I've heard from a lot of reliable people that there is very advanced technology that has been kept from the uh, bulk of us because of you know national security or whatever. So what we're waiting to see is what happened to all those trillions of dollars that went to black budget projects, and if they do have this super advanced technology, when are they going to share it with the rest of us? Uh, and if it was just a giant, um, you know, like fake uh, thing like NASA is, then they need to come out of the closet with that, too. But there's a lot of question marks about this. Uh, personally, I believe they do have very advanced technology, uh, and I do think they're going to be sharing it with us. But I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, amen to that. Well, you know, along those same lines, I've heard you talk a lot about life extension technology, the concept of massively extended lifespans in comparison to the average as we know it today. You've even talked about death being optional in the future. So can you speak about uh, just a little bit on that topic? Why do you think this is going to or how do you think this is going to become a reality? And how does this reflect what we've heard about Tesla technology, med beds, et cetera? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the recent advances in genetic uh, engineering technology with things like CRISPR and stuff uh, means that medically speaking, um, aging is a, you know, a controllable medical condition that should be, we should, we you know, technically be able to stop it. And uh, up until now, this has been suppressed. I mean, uh, literally for decades, they're trying to keep our lives short and miserable. So, my understanding is that if we overthrow this control group, that uh, all these suppressed technology that allow us to, you know, improve our lives and live longer uh, will be released. But it's, you know, it, it should just be a technical medical problem that we now have the ability to solve. And it, I think it will happen as soon as we overthrow this old uh, control grid. Absolutely. And as far as med beds and other stuff, again, I've tried to, I've heard about it. And I've tried to go see them, but I haven't seen any of this personally. Right now, as as we as as things stand, if you want to live forty percent longer, you need to fast periodically, and you need to take all the right vitamins and herbs, and 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 don't get stressed out. That's all we have right now. But uh, in the future, it should just be uh, a you know a medical procedure that will allow you to live and also change your genes. At some point, that might also come out. So, you know, you might decide to make yourself stronger or smarter or something. This is something that will become optional in the future 
once the current uh, ruling structure is removed. All right, excellent. Well, final question. We're going to kind of put a bookend on where we started tonight. You know, many folks out there are questioning the road ahead leading into the 2024 election cycle. And there are those, including myself, who are doubtful that we're going to make it to November of 2024 without seeing a major scare event and or a series of black swan events that will trigger the White Hats to initiate the EAS, to impose martial law, to carry out mass arrests. Everything that we're hoping and praying is going to happen, followed by an intense period of disclosure that's really going to shock the world to the core. So what's your view on I'm sorry. So what's your view on whether, you know, given all the unraveling we're seeing on a worldwide scale right now that we're going to see military intervention prior to the next presidential election? It really is necessary because everybody who's even slightly aware knows that the last election was a complete fraud. And to wait until 2024 for another fraudulent election is just not the answer. They're just trying to uh, keep people appeased and and tranquil and say, don't worry, Donald Trump will be back in 2024. So just, you know, don't do anything now. And then in the meantime, they're going to plan their nuclear war. So, no, the, the military has to act. Uh, they should have acted already, and it's to their deep shame that they have not. Absolutely. Well, Ben, this has been a great conversation. I could go on with you all day long, but I'm going to respect your time. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with tonight? Hopefully we can set up another one real soon. Yeah, look, the the bottom line is that even though it looks the situation, it's frustrating to see this fake Biden show still out there. uh, The White Hats are going to win. It's a mathematical certainty. There's no doubt about it. It, We wish it would happen sooner, but it will happen 100 percent. But each and every one of us needs to do what we can to make it happen. And don't just sit passively and wait for someone else to do it for you. Amen to that. All right. Well, thank you once again, folks. His website is benjaminfulford.net. Check out the link in the description. Click on that link. Sign up. You're going to get the best intel that's out there. You're an amazing, amazing source of information. It's an honor to have you on my show. And like I said, hopefully we can get you back maybe next month when we have some new stuff to talk about. So thank you, everybody, for listening. God bless and Godspeed. I'll be back soon with another report. And until then, Patriot out.